Amen. I'm thankful for that this morning. We're going to jump right into the, um, uh, our lesson here this morning, 1 Samuel chapter 1, and I'll read a few uh, verses of scripture here. 1 Samuel chapter 1, and we'll begin reading at verse number 1. Now there was a certain man of that place, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkinah, the son of Jerome, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zeus, and Ephraim. Ephraimite, and he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other Penina. Penina had no children, but Hannah had, or Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Verse three: This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice the Lord of Hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phineas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters, but to Hannah. He would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable, because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was, year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, that she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah rose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat of the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Verse number 11. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. Amen. I want to teach just for the next little bit on this title, From Prayer to Promise. From Prayer to Promise. Amen. Why don't we pray together right now? Lord, we love you. God, we're so thankful to be in your house. Lord, we invite you in. I pray, Lord, that your word would Go forth right now that would find good soil. God, prepare our hearts and our ears to receive what you would have for us today. And we pray that you be glorified through the entire process. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. This is the last service of 2017. What an incredible year uh, we have had as a, as a church body. We've seen many great things happen. Uh, and I anticipate many greater things to happen in 2018. But I was kind of keeping that in mind as I began to prepare for today's lesson, something that I believe that will help us in continuing to be a great church uh, in the future. Amen. I want to be a great church. I, 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 there's no turning back for me. I don't want to digress. Amen. I don't want to turn around. We've come too far to turn back now. And so I think uh, what I have to share with you today is kind of just going to hold us and keep us pointed in the right direction. And uh, so with that being said, I want to talk from prayer to promise. I, I believe that the greatest thing that we can do as a church body, as a follower of Jesus Christ, is pray. I believe that's the greatest thing that we could ever do. We are all here this morning because somebody prayed. Amen. We are here this morning because somebody found themselves in a prayer room praying. And the power of prayer should not be underestimated. James chapter 5 declares the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. 
you look at Elijah. Elijah was a man just like you and I. And he prayed earnestly uh, that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. And God most definitely listens to prayers. He answers prayers, and he moves in response to prayers. Amen. The greatest thing we could ever do is pray. Jesus taught this. He said, I tell you the truth in Matthew 17. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And then he says, nothing will be impossible for you. 2 Corinthians 10 tells us, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The greatest thing we could ever do is pray. Amen. The Bible urges us, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Amen. The greatest thing we can do is pray. The power of prayer is not the result of the person praying. Amen. It's not how eloquent your words are. Amen. That is not where the power lies. Rather, the power resides in the God who is being prayed to. Amen. First John 5 tells us this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. Amen. I love it. it says this is the confidence that we have. There is no question about it. We have confidence in the fact that God hears us when we pray. In our text this morning, Hannah comes to our attention, and Hannah is a very interesting character in the Bible. And one thing I love about her is that Hannah is someone who was birthed with a purpose. Would you say that? Purpose this morning. Purpose. Amen. She's a, she's a woman of God, and she has purpose on her life. She's, uh, she's married, as the scriptures we read this morning, she's married to a man named Elkinah. And he also has another wife. And so he has two wives. Uh, he has Penina, and he has Hannah. And Hannah is the first wife. She's the, she's the preferred wife. She's the, she's the favored. And even though she's the favored wife... He still chooses to have a second wife to make sure that his seed would go on after him. And so here's here's Hannah. She's in a situation where she's in love with her husband and her husband has not been able to receive the fruit from her womb. So he has gone with a secondary option. Okay. And when you do a little, when you do a little Bible study on her name, when you look up what her name means, her, her name means grace. That's what Hannah means. Her name means grace. It means favor. And yet we read about Hannah in, in 1 Samuel and we find that she's unfavored. Her name means grace. Her name means favor. Yet we read about her and she is unfavored. I ask you this morning, what do you do when you know there's purpose on your life? 
What do you do when you know there's a call of God on your life? What do you do when you know there's a blessing in store for your life? Your name is grace. Your name is favor. And yet you find yourself in a situation where there is no grace. And there is no favor. Where there is no fruit. The promise has not yet come. It's not happening. And it doesn't look like things it's, Things aren't going as planned. What do you do in a situation like that? Oh, it's a divine frustration when you know God has something for you to do and still you're not seeing the outer working of what you know is on your life it's frustrating Hannah has to live in a situation where she's somebody who has purpose she knows that she's been destined to produce something in her lifetime that's going to have impact and yet it feels like that thing that purpose that destiny is being deterred delayed derailed and denied have you ever been there before have you ever felt like that before in your spirit have you ever felt like that knowing that God has something for you to do but the door just hasn't quite opened up yet the opportunity hasn't yet come you know your life's supposed to be blessed but the blessing hasn't come yet you know you have a promise but the promise hasn't come yet and here is Hannah, week after week, month after month, year after year. She's waiting for the promise to be produced, and yet the promise doesn't come. You see, church, frustration is knowing something's coming, but not knowing when it's coming. Frustration is knowing that God is about to do something, but you don't know when He's going to do it. It's frustrating. And especially in our culture, because our culture and the Western mindset, we're so gimme, 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 I need, I need now, right now. And, and that's, that's us. We want our blessings right now. We, we don't want to wait on things. We are so, we're so spoiled with having things at such a speed, such quick convenience in our lives. We get things right now. We go through the drive through and, and we get our food hot and, and fresh in, in a matter of two minutes. I don't know if those heat lamps would be considered a fresh meal or not, but we want the blessings now. We want everything right now. We don't want to wait for things and we get impatient. You know, I've learned something about God. It's this. He doesn't operate on our timetable. He doesn't operate on our timetable. And it's because of this. God does not live in time. He, he lives outside of time. Time is a figment of his imagination. I believe he created time probably so you and I could just keep up with how good he is. So we would have a way to measure how good he is. We can look back when he was faithful, when he was good, when he did this, when he blessed us this time. And, and so God is not, he's not intimidated by time. He, God doesn't care about time. I found out why God is never on time. It's because he's not in time. He shows up just in the nick of time. He steps out of your life. He steps out of your situation. And when everything comes crashing down, he steps into your life and he says, Hey, I was here all along. And we're like, whoo, man, he just showed up in the nick of time. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Have you ever been in one of those situations where out of nowhere, God just stepped right in? That's why we can sing songs like he's an on time God. Oh, yes, he is. Because we understand when he shows up, he shows up on his time. It's not when we want him to come, but he always shows up on time. He's not on time because he's not in time. He, but he always shows up 
in the perfect time. Amen. That's why we can sing those songs. What I want you to see is here, here's Hannah. Her name is Grace. Her name is Favor. She's the favored wife. She doesn't have fruit. Nothing she's done wrong. There's no sin in her life. She's a woman of grace and favor and still hasn't seen the manifestation of the miracle. Why? Why? Because God does everything in his own time. God does everything in his own time. The baby, you have to understand this. Samuel had to come at just the right time. At just the right time. If you look at this situation, look in your Bible. Look at it with me here this morning. If Samuel had come too early, he would have been raised with Hophni and Phinehas. And his life would have been all messed up. You read about those two gentlemen and you'll read words like corrupt and scoundrel and sons of Belial. Not somebody you necessarily want to send your child to recess with. But that's who Samuel would have been raised with had he come a little earlier. What about if he would have come too late? If he would have come too late, he would not have been in position to catch the mantle of the priesthood when all the priests of that age were removed from the family line. I want you to get this this morning. He was just in time. He was right on time. He was placed in the right moment for the fullness of the miracle to be released in his life, but not just his life, but also in his family's life. I came to tell you this morning that though the miracle seems like you, like it's being held up, it's not being held up for your hurt. It's, it's not being held up because God wants to upset you, but it's that when God releases it in your life, it's going to be in grace and favor, not only to your life but to your family's life and to your world's life your life can be a blessing not just to you but to your surrounding circle she's a woman with purpose she's a woman with a problem there's one place in the text and i love this part i want to flash that up for me uh sister hogan this morning i love this part in the scripture in the story here and mainly because i'm a married man there's this portion of scripture, Elkind, her husband, he said to her, he said, Hannah, why do you, why do you weep? And why do you, why are you eating? You know, and, and why are you sad? Why is your heart so sad? Am I not better than 10 sons? And she doesn't answer. How many men know this is a dangerous situation when you don't get an answer or response from your wife? Just a, whoo. Just reading that text yesterday in my office put a big smile on my face. I'm like, oh. Her husband comes to her and he asks her, he said, he said, aren't I better to you than 10 sons? She doesn't answer. It's divine frustration when other people look at your situation and they can't understand why you're upset in your spirit because you're the only one that knows what God has spoken to you and what he has promised to you. You're the only one. And so he asked her, he said, why aren't you happy? Look, look at all that we have. We, we got a nice house and we got all we want and all we need. And aren't I better to you? This is what he's really asking. Aren't I better to you than the promise that you're waiting for? And the answer is no. No. 
Because you see, she was, she was thankful for what God had done in her life. She was thankful for the blessings. But she wanted everything that God had in store for her life. She wanted everything. She didn't want to leave one single thing out. You see, I'm thankful for what God has done for me. But I want everything that God has for me. If God has a promise, I want it. If God has a blessing, I want it. If there's a benefit from God, I don't want any area of my life to be lacking in the blessings of God. There are too many people that missed out on the blessings of God because they have settled for the ordinary. They have settled for the mundane. They have settled for just life. But Jesus came to give not just life but life in abundance. Church, don't settle. You have a promise. God's got blessings. He wants to pour out in your life. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord this morning? I believe this next year could be a, a year beyond your belief if you would just understand don't settle for church as usual don't settle for life as usual God's got a promise for you don't settle in don't get in your spiritual lazy boy and say this is all that's ever we are just scratching the surface of the greatness and the glory of God we can't even comprehend the fullness that there is to comprehend but we are just on the brink there is so much more to know there is so much more to gain in life don't settle don't settle in she's a woman with a purpose she's a woman with a problem and then she's a woman with a provoker. It's a provoker. Provoker. There's a woman in the text named Penina, and she's, she's the other lady. Okay? And the Bible says she's got all kinds of kids. I mean, having kids is not an issue for her. Her name, if you do a study on her name, her name means pearl. Pearl. It means that she's valuable. It's interesting because we have Pearl and we have Favor. We have Hannah and, and we have Penina, okay? One is Pearl and one is Favor. And at first glance, it seems like Favor has no value. And that's because the name is not for who she is now. The name is for who she will become. You see, men looks at your value for where you are now but church, God is not just seeing you in the now, but He's seeing you in the future. God is seeing you in your calling. He's seeing you in your fullness. It's not just about your location, but it's about your destination in the glory of God. So here we are, Penina. Not only is she fruitful, but she's evil. The Bible says that she provokes Hannah. In a way that says, I can have children and, and you can't. I have kids. And I wonder, why would somebody rub it in? Why would somebody do that to somebody else? And here's the reason. Because she's really jealous of the favor that's on Hannah's life. Your greatest provoker is really jealous of the call of God that's on your life. 
The very person that would remind you of the thing in your life that seems to be the greatest pain is the very person that wishes they could actually be who God has called you to be. Oh, hear me this morning. That's what the devil does all the time. He's so jealous of you because you actually have the ability to walk boldly into the throne room of the high priest and you have the ability to stand in the presence of the king and since he no longer can do that he hates you with everything inside of him he hates you for it that's why the devil doesn't want you to praise God that's why the devil doesn't want you to be in the presence of God that's why the devil doesn't want you to come to church why because he no longer can and so he becomes the provoker he reminds you of everything you don't have because he's jealous of everything that you do have oh I wish somebody would wake up here this morning and understand the power that you have understand the access that you have I wish somebody would get this this morning I pray that you would understand the power and the privilege that we have. God's got purpose on your life. He's given you a promise. Hannah is a woman with a purpose. She's a woman with a problem. She's a woman with a provoker. But real fast, thank, thank God for the provokers. Thank God for the provokers. You know when you're maturing in God, when you get to the place where you're thankful for negative people. That's maturity. You know that you're maturing when you can thank God for... When you grow in God, you get to the place where you say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that person on my job who's driving me crazy. Some of you pictured somebody on your job right now. Thank you, Jesus, for that person that's right. They're creating a prayer life for me in the workplace. I never had a prayer life in the workplace like this before. Now on my way to work, I've just got to lift just one hand and keep one hand on the wheel and say, God, help me not to hurt somebody today. You begin to pray, God, I need you to be with me today. You begin to thank God and parents. You begin to thank God for the, the crazy teenagers. Amen. You say, God, thank you for creating an atmosphere of prayer in my home because the only thing that's keeping this child alive is you and you alone. Your provoker pushes you into a life of prayer. Your provoker can push you into the promise. Why? Because your promise and your prayer is connected. Amen. Thank God for the uh, maturity is when you thank God for negative people. I got to hurry. Maturity is when you thank God for negative people in your life because they're actually pushing you closer to the presence of God. Those negative people are actually pushing you higher into the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. They, they're the ones who get you to the level where you say, I can't fight them on this earthly plane, but I've got to break into the spirit of God. I've got to ramp up my prayer life a little bit I've got to pray a little bit more I've got to fast a little bit more I've got to believe God for more because those negative influences are trying to pull me down but I'm not going to let them pull me down I'm only going to let them elevate me up into the presence of the throne room of the king of kings amen thank God for the provokers in your life don't push him away don't think oh that's just nothing or don't let it just get you down thank God for Penina because Penina birthed a prayer prayer 
You see, the right provoker will make you pray like you've never prayed before. We talk about the frustrations that we have on our side. But I was thinking about this. It's got to be so frustrating for the devil to provoke you in your life. To put people in your life that are mean to you. That say bad things about you. That lie on you. That treat you badly. That say horrible things. That uh, it, They could be co-workers. They could be family members. The devil, he can use just about anybody. And I was thinking how frustrating it is when he uses people to provoke people in your, uh, to provoke you in your life. In hopes that you would turn around. In hopes that you would give up and all of a sudden the devil turns around and those people are praying how frustrating that's got to be for the devil when he looks about maybe that's why jesus said to pray for those who despitefully use you amen the devil thought he could get you by using someone to be mean to you but then all of a sudden you start to pray for them how frustrating church that's what we do we pray you got problems pray you need answers pray someone spoke ill of you you need to pray because our prayers are connected to our promise our prayers will take us to the promise i wish we would pray all the time but i know that there are seasons in our life when our prayer kind of goes into another gear. If we're being honest with ourselves, there are seasons in our life where our prayer will just shift up a little bit. And usually that's attached to a provoker. It's usually attached to a provoker being released in your life. Elkina is married to the provoker. Elkina is married to Hannah. Your promise and your provoker are connected. The very thing that you want is connected to a provoker. Because the only way that you're going to get the fruitfulness that you need in your life, it's that your, your prayer life needs to get to another level. And God will release a provoker in your life to get you to that next level. Why does God allow things in our life that are so crazy? I wonder to myself sometimes, and I believe it's this, to make you get to the place where you have to say, I'm going to have to drop the clutch just a little bit on this situation. I'm going to have to get a little bit serious. And you think, oh, Mr. Devil, you want to hit me there. Well, now i got to take up my prayer a little bit on you. i got to push it to another place. I'm going to begin to push things aside. I'm going to begin to pray like I've never prayed before. I'm going to begin to fast like I've never fasted before. Why? Because my provoker is pushing me to a higher level of faith. And belief in the ability of God. But too many people get provoked in their life. And they talk to any backslidden person. They were provoked. Things didn't go as planned. Something bad happened in their life. And there they stood at the fork in the road. Church, let your provoker push you towards God. Not away. Not away. Let it push you towards your promise. Not the other direction. Notice the prayer of Hannah as I come, hurry to a close this morning. Notice the prayer of Hannah. Because she actually says to God, give me a son and I'll give him right back. You know that you want it bad enough when you say, if you give it to me, I'll give it back. God, I don't even have to keep it. Remember again, our Western mindset is so, give me, give me, give me, give it to me now. I want to keep it. But if you really want it bad enough, you'll say, God, if you just let me hold it. 
if I could just shut my provoker up for one day, that would be enough. God, I'll give it back to you. You've heard me mention about Abraham before, and I'm sure you know the story of Abraham. One thing I love about Abraham, Abraham says, God, hey, thank you for Isaac, but you want me to sacrifice him? I'll bring him right back to the altar, and I'll lay him right there. Because you see, in pursuit of the promise, in pursuit of the provision, you fall more in love with the, the provider That's right. That's right. than the provision. In the pursuit, as you're praying, as you're growing, you're getting closer to God so much that you say, God, I love you enough that when you give me the blessing, I'll give it right back. That's maturity. Maturity is when nothing holds you more than your love for God. Maturity is when you get to the place like Hannah. She begins to pray. She begins to step up in faith like she's never stepped up before. She's probably never prayed this prayer before. Certainly she's prayed for her child, but she's at a place in her walk with God where she says, if you give me a child, God, I'll give him right back. I don't know. Maybe she did just want to shut up her provoker for just a day. Maybe she just wanted to silence the voice in her head. Maybe she just wanted to get the devil to be quiet. Maybe she just wanted to get up and say, my God is able to do exceeding abundant above all that I could ask. Church, when you get to the place where you pray those kinds of prayers, these are the prayers that move heaven. These are the prayers of great faith. You see what I love about Abraham? He's been waiting for 25 years for his son. He's 100 years old. This is, this is a miracle. And God says, you know that son, that miracle, that promise, that only son that you love? Sacrifice him. And without hesitation, he says, all right. Because in pursuit of that son, he's built such a relationship with God that his love for God was greater than the love of the blessing. And don't get me wrong, it's not that God wants to take the blessing away from your life. God doesn't want you to not be blessed. But I believe it's that God wants to see, do you love him or do you love what he does for you? Is your love for God so conditional that only when He's blessing you will you love Him? Or are you at a place in God now where you say, my faith is not, it is not held in or hindered by what's going on in my life. No, my faith is in God. My faith is in the one who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Would you stand with me this morning? Hannah, she's in the temple. She's a woman with a purpose. She has a problem. She has a provoker. She, she's a woman of prayer. And prayer changes things. 
church, there are some things that will only move by prayer. There are some things in your life that only open up by prayer. And I believe as we become people of greater faith, we're we're gonna begin to pray like we've never prayed before. Why? Because we need God to do things in our life that we can barely tell anyone else about. And Hannah's in the presence of God and she's praying and she prays until she looks drunk. When's the last time you got drunk in prayer? Oh, there's a lot of people that think, well, we don't need all that. We don't need all that, Bryce. We don't need to make a scene. We don't need, we don't need any of that. Oh, yeah? Let the devil start messing with your destiny. Let him start messing with your promise. And that's when it's time to fight like you've never fought before. When the enemy begins to attack your destiny and your calling and the promise that's on your life, it's time to dig in like you've never dug in before. Some of you right now, I feel it in the spirit, some of you right now are so held back right now. And the only way that you're going to break through that barrier and break that wall down is through prayer. When the enemy begins to threaten things, when it's not his decision, you have to begin to draw a line in the sand and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Church, there has to be a prayer that is so deep down on the inside of you. And God will release the provoker to provoke you to a place of prayer. And when you start praying, you create such an atmosphere where the miraculous begins to happen in your life. You see, she has a prayer that is so desperate that she says, God, even if you take it away from me, if you just let me have it for a moment, I'll give it right back. I ask you this morning, are you at a place where you say, God, if you give me the blessing, I'll give it back? Or do we want it for ourselves? I believe there's something about to happen to this church in the near future. I believe our hunger level is up. I believe that God is about to take us to another level. Why? Because something is about to be birthed. Here's the thing I want you to see. Last thing, two more minutes, please. Is she prays until she just can't even speak anymore. She's an emotional mess. This is an emotional thing. She's desperate. She's praying a desperate prayer. Let me tell you something. When you really need a breakthrough, you might get a little emotional. You might shed a few tears. When you really need a miracle, you don't care who's around. You don't care who's watching. She's praying and she's emotional. And she's prayed so long that she's just lost her voice. When's the last time you got lost in prayer? When's the last time you let yourself go to say, if God can't get it done, then it just won't be done. She's praying and she's crying and she gets to the place where all she can do is move her lips and Eli looks down and he thinks she's had a bit too much to drink and she says, I'm not drunk. She says, if I wanted to talk to you, I would have come to your house. But she says, I'm here to talk to God and he knows how to read lips. The silent prayer of a broken heart. 
Would you bow your heads this morning? Close your eyes just for a moment of privacy between you and God. Hannah's a woman with a purpose. She has a, she's a woman with a problem. She's a woman with a provoker. She's a woman with a prayer. But she's also a woman with a high priest. The Bible says that Jesus is our high priest of our confessions. You see, you don't have to go to Eli. You don't have to go to any other person. You can go straight to the manufacturer. You can go to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There's no situation too big for Him. You can go to the Lord and share your heart with Him. And when you share your heart, church, He'll give you a promise. He'll give you a word. I don't care what it is. When you begin to press your way into the presence of God, He'll give you a promise. He'll give you a word. He'll give you something on the inside that though your situation hasn't changed on the outside, it's changed on the inside of you. Would you begin to pray in this place right now?